The Transmission, Episode 88, March 10th, 2010. Sure, they allowed him to keep the title of Emperor, but without any power, it was meaningless. He might just as well have been dead. Aloha from the Island Lost fans. You are tuned into the transmission. This is a podcast devoted to the show Lost on ABC. I'm Jen. And I'm Ryan. And uh, first of all, we want to send our congratulations to Lost composer Michael Giacchino for his Oscar win this weekend. And Minkowski won too. Yes, Minkowski as well. Fisher Stevens. Now, uh, Giacchino won for Best Original Score, of course. And this was for his great score for Up, the Disney film. And Fisher Stevens won for The Cove, a documentary documentary feature that yeah. won the prize so congratulations definitely well deserved and hopefully just a good sign for this year's emmys and uh, speaking of that we're back here with another shortwave transmission focused on the seventh episode of the sixth season of lost titled dr linus again there won't be a recap this week we'll just start off with our initial reaction to this episode next we'll have some of the first calls to roll in on the lost line in you all everybody and once again we'll wrap things up with the latest track from the others lost mm-hmm. band Now, this podcast is just an appetizer, but the full meal of thoughts and theories sparked by this week's episode can be found on our blog at whatyup.com slash lost. Ryan and I will both be following the conversation online, even though he'll be on his way to South by Southwest Interactive in Austin. Absolutely. But if you're there or you will be there, let's definitely connect and I'll be tweeting my brains out on Twitter. (laughs) In any case, are you ready? Let's get lost. Season 6, Episode 7, titled simply Dr. Linus, about our favorite character on the show, Benjamin Linus. How did you like this episode? It was full of a lot of stuff. I mean, it was one of those where it was so full of stuff... I'm not even sure I got all of it. Right. You know? I, I, we, we, we only have the time to watch it once this week. And that's just blowing my mind because our, I couldn't I couldn't take notes fast enough. And and what's fascinating is it was an episode full of the things that I liked it. That a lot of us like to talk about in terms of the mythology and the mysteries of the show. But despite all of that, what really hit me about this episode was, again, it was character focused. It was well paced. Both the flash sideways and the on island stuff I found interesting and thoughtful. I mean, it was just a really good episode without all of the mysteries and, I and, thought, and clues. I thought those two parts worked together. They they had like a common theme. Right, which right. we haven't really had much of. Well it wasn't as clear. I would I would go I would go as far as to say that the way that they were tying the two parts together was more explicit than ever before. Yes. And I think in that respect it might have been a little you know a little too on the nose as they say. Mm-hmm. But but I, I, I bought it. I liked it. I liked every part of it. Um and really what we saw happening to Ben's character just just blew my mind. I'm I this I think this is probably my favorite episode this season so far. Yeah, mine too. So let's start with the off the island stuff. How did you think that we, we already knew that Benjamin Linus was going to be in uppity you know european history teacher but now he gets to really flesh out that character how did you like ben in that role he was very different but he was also basically the same he's very ambitious and he's you know kind of willing to do whatever it takes to get ahead right there was that but i also like that they depicted him as a true believer as someone who 
had the ideals of a teacher who said it's all about the kids, you know, not about the vacations or the pension. Right. It's really for the good of these kids. And that, you know, he he advises the history club with only five members. Now, the now uh, the, the principal, who, by the way, awesome. So William Atherton. Him. He's one of my favorite <laughs> character actors. You know him as, um, you know him. Well, the guy from Ghostbusters. And right. uh, the, fe- the fellow from Real Genius, my yes. favorite movie of all times. But in any case, so <laughs> it was really good to see him in that role, Typecast, sure, but I think it worked. But in any case, he says an interesting thing about why Ben is advising the History Club. He says it's because it's something that makes him feel needed. It's not for the kids. It's to feed Ben's ego. And Ben feels needed once he has that encounter with Richard in the jungle as a small child, and he becomes the leader of the others. Right. They, they make him feel like part of a, a larger picture and something that's valuable and important. And clearly, it's something that he craved. So again, I thought that they were kind of point, painting that picture of Ben. And I like that ambiguity because of where, where the direction that he eventually goes for but in any case we see him basically execute a conspiracy to secure the principalship of the school and he's making a play for the big job exactly and, and speaking of that line we saw a couple of very familiar faces in the alex. Flash sideways alex that was really good to see i mean you know she was and fascinatingly enough she's the uh she's the overachiever you know right. she's the kid who's going to yale whose mom is working two jobs to put her through to put her through college and right. i guess her name is alexandra Rousseau. Rousseau. so i mean i, I presume we're not going to see her mom but it, i i think that's basically what they're saying that somehow she still ends up you know she stays with Rousseau in this case she's not taken but however that french team science team ends up in los angeles and how she's working two jobs <laughs> i'm not sure but so that was interesting so we saw um alex and we also saw dr arts yes who i guess again just like when we saw him being annoying on the airplane he's a little oily yeah just not really a, a he's a guy you love to hate he's a guy yeah. you love to disrespect so in that respect it was really really good to see him there as well so yes dr arts picks up on the conspiracy um but actually it wasn't the, the idea came from our friend Locke, Locke. the substitute yeah. teacher and it seemed like a familiar scenario Locke is convinced by richard alpert back in season three that ben no longer is a good leader he's not caring about what's happening with the well, others what's important and and that Locke is the person that needs to take over for ben right so i mean the whole thing about succession and power i mean i think that was definitely a theme overall you know the, the idea of someone in charge and trying to usurp that and whether that is what matters. So I really like those conversations. And, and and of course, the last face that was a familiar face, but not really, was Ben's dad, Roger Linus. Hey, they have a very different relationship. At most definitely. most I, I didn't even recognize him at first. I mean, and, uh, we, some things about, the, we've, we make comments, for example, about how they try to make things different with bad wigs and they uh-huh. just can't do that right. But in terms of... Um, transforming John Grease. I thought that the was a fantastic The makeup on shot. John Grease was very good. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, they have a completely different relationship. Um, ben is basically taking care of him because he has health issues. What I loved was that Ben in this scene is helping his father live by helping him change his oxygen. He is mm-hmm. helping his dad get gas and you just remember <laughs> that he was he gassed his dad he was responsible for his dad's death by virtue of 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 gas so I, anyway i thought that was kind of cool and when we see kate's mother in, in one of the kate flashbacks um she also has oxygen apparatus that's true that's true so you know ongoing themes of, of parental relationships although again in this case of relatively good parental relationships so i definitely like that the curious thing about their conversation the thing that made me almost drop my computer was 
they he his dad talks about I joined that Dharma initiative, right? Which okay, so in this timeline, Dharma initiative exists. It still recruited people and still recruited Roger, right? But you get the sense that. He, he didn't end up as a janitor. I mean, it doesn't. It sounds like it was a promising and positive, potentially positive experience for them to be in the Dharma Yeah, absolutely. Initiative. When we see them, I mean, Roger is given the job as a janitor, mm-hmm. and then later on, His we dad, see that or, Ben is also a janitor. Right, right. But in this case, he says, you know, we left, but maybe if we didn't leave, you could have become become something. I, 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 it's not the life that I wanted for you. So it sounds like the life that he wanted for Ben could have been on the island. So what's intriguing about that is, yes, in the time timeline that we're familiar with, Ben would have just followed in his dad's footsteps as a janitor. So whatever the Dharma Initiative was doing and however it worked with Roger and Ben, it was, again, a completely different scenario. So I definitely like that a lot. But I also like the affirmation that um, the Dharma Initiative is still a factor in the Flash Sideways, that uh, it was a functioning uh, operation. And, you know, here in 2004, still being referenced. And and it didn't sound like they were saying, like, the old Dharma Initiative that's not around anymore. It just sounds like something that they left. Yeah, it sounds like it's still going but they chose to leave which i think ties to what we saw at the very end of the episode but we'll get to that (laughs) now i'm actually kind of surprised i mean maybe not in a bad way but that the dialogue to some extent goes right to the heart of certain questions and in this episode in two places there was the if this hadn't happened then maybe things would have been completely different so you had the conversation off the island with with ben's dad Mm -hmm. saying if we hadn't left then you know things could have been different and that ties to the conversation on the island with frank and he says you know if that alarm hadn't gone off i would have been the pilot of 815 and i would have ended up here um but on the other hand they undermine that in a beautiful way by ben saying well but it seems like you're here anyway it looks like the island got you anyway yeah so again this whole conversation about um how things could be different but not how they might try to change their destiny but perhaps end up fulfilling it anyway um it was very explicit but in it but i kind of liked it at least the way that they executed it this week and it seems that ben's job is kind of a meta way to comment on what's been going on on the show the entire time like one of the first phrases he uses is it was on the island meaning um Elba right. during the Napoleonic Wars sure. that everything changed which you know it's just like the island right, everything right. changed on the island and he also says about Napoleon is what was devastating to him was the loss of his power right he still had the title but he had no power so it didn't matter and what immediately popped into my head was that scene where Ben is completely at this point undermined by Locke on the island, I think from season three or season four. And um, he starts getting the beat down from Locke and he says, guys, Richard, you know, Tom, help me out here. They just watch him get beaten. Like at that point, he'd reached reached the lowest point where he's still the leader in title, but he'd lost any actual power, respect um, on the people that he's supposedly leading. So I I like that. And of course, when they bring up Elba, I had to do a little Wikipedia search and educate myself on the whole story. Uh Now, I knew that Napoleon ended up exiled and died on an island but that wasn't elba no this he... was like before the last final attempt that he had to get back and take over france uh-huh so in any way in some ways i thought that was kind of interesting it's an island like our island it's a staging ground for a final coup or an attempt it doesn't work you know it, it fails as as i think ben's attempts to basically secure ownership of the island failed as well mm-hmm. but what i liked about it is the time that napoleon was on elba he was only there for 300 days a specific amount of time but he used that time 
as a as a leader or even just a token leader to still try and implement reforms. He tried to create a civilization and you know get people organized on the island. And in a way, that sounds like what Ben did when he ended up in power. He moved them into the barracks. He made book clubs. He supported this whole civil civilized lifestyle. Yeah. So I kind of saw those parallel parallels with what Napoleon did on Elba. Of course, though, in the end, Napoleon does end up exiled and he dies on an island. It's Saint just Helena, a different yeah. island, which is a volcanic island and it's kind of remote. So again, you know, a lot of parallels to the island we know and love. And Alex was studying the Charter Act of 1813. Mm -hmm. The East Indian Trading Company. Right. Well, the Black Rock, we know, was a British trading ship that left Portsmouth, England on March 22nd, 1845. So it was participating in the trade that was created by the act that they were studying in this. Right. I mean, there's a lot of ties to that particular time period now. And just sort of the explicit mention in this episode, I, I thought that was great. So again, yes, him being a teacher and having you know material to teach was a perfect opportunity for them to put these Easter eggs in. But ultimately, the arc of the story off the island, and as we'll see on the island, was for Ben to make a choice. And was it going to be one of power, or was it going to be one of what matters, or basically redemption? Now, when he was basically given that proposition by Principal Reynolds, you can either get my job, or you can get um, Alex into Yale. Did you have a doubt in your mind what path he was going to choose? I absolutely doubted it. And what I, what I loved was... We see him in the principal's office. He has a bag and he's standing there. So for a minute, you're not really sure what he picked. Right, right. I mean, of course, they were playing with us in that respect. I'll admit, I mean, I knew that the story we want to see, this, the path we wanted him to choose is to help Alex. Help Alex, that's the right thing to do. And But you have all of the dialogue early on about the type of person he is. He's basically after his own you know, ego and such. So uh, because of what happened last week with Saeed, you know, both on the island and off the island, making a choice to kind of resign himself to his darker self. Mm -hmm. I thought that there's a strong possibility that, you know, Lost might confound our expectations to some extent and have him choose the power, at least off the island. And I was surprised that he did, and I'm glad that he did. It was I'm a great glad that, that he did too, because I don't know if Ben will ever be completely vindicated but this is kind of a step in that direction. Most definitely. I mean, I, if if it continues in this vein, I mean, he, he he's still, to me, one of the best tragic characters to some respects, just like Locke's character. Right. So I can see it kind of going to a darker end. But if this is the path that they're going as well, I'm extremely satisfied with it as well. So yeah. I, I love it. I love the writing in this episode. So let's move to On the Island. And uh, great googly moogly, there was so much <laughs> stuff on yes. the island. I mean, again, wonderful character moments, some really great character moments. But as far as the clues and the explanations about what's been going on on the island, what roles different people play, and all the stuff going on, there was so much it seemed that every line kind of conveyed something that we wanted to, yeah. to know. I mean, of all the episodes where we have to do initial reactions, this is the one where I wish we had the four days to, to, to put our notes together, uh -huh. to, to really think about it, watch the episode three or four more times. But no, I mean, you and I were just typing furiously into Google yeah. Docs. So whatever we could catch... We caught, and whatever we didn't, we're going to read all about it on the blog. I'm sure yeah. you guys are going to. I can't wait us. to read the blog. But in any case, um, I will. Let's start with though. I mean, there were some eye rolly things. I was a little iffy on where how the episode was going to fall on the island to some respects. Maybe because I was so enchanted with how it was written off the island, but. The first thing they do is, you know, Ben's running through the jungle. They meet Ilana, and they're trying to figure out because the temple's not safe. They say, where are we right. going to go now? Let's go to the beach. Why not? Um, I don't know. Maybe I've just heard conversations about where we're going to go, setting off a long trek 
just one too many times. Yeah, you- it's it's the exposition that really bothers me. It's the fact that everybody is spelling out why they're moving somewhere and where they're moving to. And I think it's in season five that Miles actually comments about all the times that they've changed their mind about we're going back to the hatch. Is the hatch still there? No, let's go to the beach. I think he actually says, right, right. you know, why are we still talking about right. this? So, I mean, to some extent, I get it. They need to move around and they're going to explain why they're where they're going to go. But uh, at least toward the very end, I was I started to having the doubts like, oh, no, are they going to split up again? Are they going to yeah. spend time looking for each other? And, you know, you mentioned exposition. We had Miles explaining how his, his power, power again, you know, it's, it's it seems like the second or third time we're given explicit um, ex- clues about how his power works. Right. And, and, and in this case, Ilana knew that this is what he does. Right. So, I mean, again, I wasn't sure if that was absolutely necessary. And finally, last nitpick, son. Her lines are sounding very repetitive. Oh, God. She sounds like the new Michael. Right. Where's my husband? I need to find my, my husband. My husband. Um, so it's unfortunate, and we can only hope and pray that they come up with something a little more interesting for her to do Yeah, Yoonjin Kim definitely deserves a lot better. Absolutely. Now, so these were all the reasons why I wasn't sure how the on-island stuff was going to go. Um, maybe it would. Maybe the heart of this episode was in the flash sideways, and yeah. this wouldn't be a useful episode on the island, and I was worried about that, but no. No, it didn't take long for them to basically suck me in to drop so many, you know, clues and nuggets and uh, bombs that I kept having to pause it and go, wait, what did he say? Mm-hmm. Or going back and watching it over again. There was just a lot of great stuff. First thing that jumped out to me is that, yes, it's another explanation. Ilana explains to uh, Sun that there are, there's only six more candidates left mm-hmm. and that they're looking for a replacement for, for Jacob. Jacob. But that's the same story with the man in black. Right. And even though they're oppositional forces, it seems like, you know, they're they're telling the same story. Right. So I guess we can now hopefully say that that is what's happening on the island. I mean, we were starting to th- come up with ways that it could be a twist or a double twist or a backflip or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that they were, that, <laughs> that somebody is playing a, a game on somebody else, that what the man in black said in the cave wasn't true. Um, so I think maybe the simplest explanation is best. Jacob is looking for a replacement and there's only six candidates left. Mm-hmm. Stop. So I thought that was great. And very early on, we see get we finally get paid off why Ilana grabbed the ash when right. uh, she was in Jacob's uh, lair. And it's for Miles to read. Mm-hmm. So I thought the story that Miles tells, despite his ex- having to explain what he does, was was pretty interesting. He says, you know, Jacob did care about being killed, and right up until the last second, he was hoping that he was wrong about you, Ben. Right. In other words, he knew Ben would probably be prideful, I guess, and vengeful and kill him, but he was hoping that he was wrong about him. So I thought that was really interesting because we have up until this point felt that maybe Jacob felt dying was part of his master plan. Right. That he needed to die to execute whatever phase two is. They're coming. And that was what was supposed to happen. But now it sounds like as far as what Miles picks up from Jacob is that he didn't, he was hoping that Miles wouldn't make the choice that he did. So what does that imply? I mean, what does it mean that Ben was hopefully, that Jacob was hoping that Ben would not kill him, but he did? Well, maybe part of the process is that Jacob provokes his candidates into killing him. And he was really hoping that 
Ben was the one that that Ben would be the one that spared his life, but he wasn't. So all of the other candidates, all of the other names have basically been put to the same test. And unfortunately, just like all of the ones that came before, um, Ben failed that test and there's only six left. Right. I can see that. That's an interesting way to see it. Although now I'm wondering, is it feasible for them to show all six of our remaining candidates be provoked into nearly killing Jacob and the one who doesn't kill Jacob gets to be it the new Jacob? It doesn't seem like something they can sustain for very long. Right, right. And, and speaking of candidates, by the way, Ilana, um, again, repeating something that the man in black said. Actually, so she's repeating a lot of things the man in black said. Does, yeah. is, do you think that she's not a devotee of Jacob? Maybe no, she's in line No, with I her? believe she's totally a de- devotee of Jacob. You know, so her she, emotional reaction to this whole situation is very you're real. You're right. You're right. She feels very deeply for Jacob and she identifies with Ben's sacrifice for Jacob. So, okay, yes, she's definitely on Team Jacob, but it does occur to me that she says something else that um, that the man in black says. Yeah, she she tells son, I don't know if I'm protecting you or him. Right. Which Quan is, is the, the candidate, basically. It could be neither. We, you know, Ji Yun is still right, in Right. There's play. another Quan. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I think Jacob's going to have to learn to be a little bit more specific here. You've got several <laughs> shepherds. You've got several Quans. So, um, but so that, that was, that, again, you know, validation that the overall um, narrative about what's going on, I think, is, is what they're saying that it is. Also in this episode, Richard returns. And in, where did he come from? Well, he he says you don't. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But what really strikes me is that he's not completely flipped out, Richard anymore. He seems a little more grounded. Together, it's it. I don't know. Maybe there's two Richards. Who knows? It's just the the fact that he comes. You know, he comes out of nowhere and he's so calm and collected. It's a little unnerving. Yeah, and the fact that he says that you wouldn't believe where I'm from, that's clearly a hint to something. So whatever turned Richard from completely freaked out Richard to, at least in this case, relatively calm or possibly shell-shocked Richard because of what he saw at the temple, I thought that the contrast between the last time we saw Richard and now was so, you know, distinct that it can't be, you know, insignificant. There has to be an explanation for that. Of course, yeah. Now, he says that everyone at the temple is dead. He seems really shocked about how that turned out, how it's no longer a safe place. It immediately made me wonder Remember way back when Richard actually tells Son, you know, your friends are dead, all dead. I watched them all die. Is, oh, could right. this be that vision? Or no, because he says that your friends weren't there. Maybe they got out alive. So I don't know. Now I'm beginning to wonder what that line meant still. We haven't really gotten an answer to what he thought he saw when he says he watched them all die. But he also says when Hurley reveals that he's been talking to Jacob, don't believe what he says. Don't believe Jacob. And this is Richard. This is, um, you know, Jacob's number one follower, servant, or whatever role that he plays. Somebody who I thought was always going to be on Jacob's side. I don't think he's going to run off and join Team Locke, Mm -hmm. but here he's denying his former leader, his former uh, directive. And I don't know, is this part of uh, the evidence for people that Jacob is the bad person? That, you know, even of all people, if Richard will turn against him, then that maybe we all should as well? No, Richard also says at the end of the episode that Jacob died without giving him his purpose. He and he no longer has a purpose, and he feels like it's not worth anything anymore. Mm, true, true. So when he said, "Don't believe anything he says," is just because he's frustrated about that. Yeah, he's he's frustrated. He's doubting. His faith is shaken, just like Locke's faith was shaken. Well, I would think that if, but by what he says at the end, that uh, I, I'm I'm I want to die. I need to die because I no longer have a purpose in life. If that was what was going through his head. He would react differently to Hurley saying, yes, I'm having conversations with Jacob. Like, 
I don't know. Can you ask Jacob what the point of all of this was? I mean, why wouldn't that <laughs> pop into his True. head? But in any case, okay, so maybe Richard is not necessarily completely forsaking Jacob, but, but I, I definitely thought that was an interesting line. And they go back to the Black Rock. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. And his immediate line when he says that for all the time that he's been on the island, and now we know that that's uh, hundreds of years, at least a couple hundred years, Richard's been on the island all this time, and he's been all over the island, but he's never gone back to the Black Rock. It is someplace very uncomfortable comfortable or unsafe or frightening for him well it's definitely confirmation that he's been there because unlock makes that comment about the chains it's you know it's nice to see you out of the chains right right so there's no doubt i don't think he was on the ship when it crashed on the island that is how richard came to the island and was in you know basically enlisted in this role but i mean the whole thing about the role and i like the conversation he had with jack so much in there as well he says uh, jacob touched me and after jacob touched me that was a gift but it's not a gift it's a curse because i can't die right so i mean he, he mentions that he couldn't kill himself before that he's tried that he's right. wanted to just kill like himself. michael michael can't kill himself although he tries uh, yeah yeah uh, that implies to me that jacob has touched michael at some point right well i definitely like that you brought that up because i was going to mention the whole thing about the fuse going out before it hits the dynamite was just like you know michael's gun not going off for him as well right. so there is definitely a key to that and what i w- wonder if that means does that mean that if jake you know what? I was about to say, does that mean Jack can't kill himself either? We've seen him unable to kill himself. That's true. We have. So, wow. So, you know, there's there's a there's a grander plan. There's other things going on here. I, I, I definitely love it. And I thought that was just a wonderful, intense conversation with Matthew Fox and that was uh, Mr. Carbonell. That was a great scene for for so many reasons. Just the, the dialogue, the way they shot that scene, it was very intense. Well, I thought it was a brilliant piece of dramatic storytelling, but also infuriating once again that he lights the fuse and then says let's talk like okay <laughs> maybe if you want to get some answers let's have that conversation prior to lighting the fuse yeah but despite the fact that they did that i thought yes it was brilliantly executed i i bought it hook line and sinker i was on the edge of my seat i absolutely loved it and so you have richard broken and lost because he felt that he had no purpose that it was actually all for naught and that's a familiar you know plaintive uh, complaint as well lock lock has gone through this cycle so many times right you right know? believing so fervently and then then finding out that it's not what it think what he thinks it right. is right and the best part of the scene is that jack much as you know jacob hoped when he saw his name on the lighthouse and that it goes back to his childhood most likely that he has indeed realized that there's a bigger plan here that that he has a greater purpose i really felt that i love that he bet his life all of a sudden just just like when he pops the pill in his mouth with dogan he's taking these brash actions which are so much like the jack that i like and so he basically says i'm betting my life on the fact that there is something going on here you can't kill yourself i don't think i can kill myself either i think we're in the same boat he's kind of turned into the man of faith you know he was the man of science and now he's really believing that what he's doing is changing things. right no rational explanation for why i think this dynamite won't go off but we're not gonna die i just believe it you're right it's a complete total expression of faith in the grand plan and yeah. this is jack so i loved that twist i loved that scene and what he finally says to richard when richard says he's now the man with all the answers jack says what we do now is go back to where we started so where is that? What does that mean? I have no idea. Maybe it's back to the plane crash site. Maybe 
it could be any number of things. Maybe it's the frozen donkey wheel. Does he know about that? Does he have any comprehension that that was a significant part of what no, was moving things around? No, he doesn't because I think the whole donkey wheel thing came under discussion after they left. Yeah, I have no idea what he could be thinking of in terms of, I guess, simple answers, geography, landmarks, where we started. Is it Othersville, the crash site, the frozen mm-hmm. donkey wheel, the well? I don't know. Um, but obviously in the grander scheme of Lost in terms of our favorite overarching theories about the show it's about a loop it's about a cycle and yes basically things end at the same time that they begin it only ends once everything else is progress right so i think from a metaphysical sense his answer makes perfect sense i'm just wondering how they're going to depict him going back to where we started on the show now, on the beach, things aren't going well for Ben Linus. No. Um, after it gets revealed that he killed Jacob, we clearly get the sense that Jacob was very important to Ilana. Oh, yeah. And eventually, she puts a shackle on his leg and makes him dig his own grave. Yeah, and very harrowing. I was fairly certain that that was curtains for Ben. I mean, that horrible ABC promo didn't yeah. help. How I hate ABC promos. Right. Don't watch it's, those or don't read anything into them. It's almost as if it's, they were written by people who sometimes watch the show. Or they but, fast forward through it to write the promo. Yeah. So, ben will die. Well, he'll uh, meet his he'll meet his demise or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I'm glad that he didn't, but I was beginning to think that they might actually do it. But at the last minute, we hear the chicka 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 and the smoke monster, i.e. unlock appears, magically unlocks unlock he magically <laughs> unlocks his shackles on his leg and basically gives him the tools that he needs to escape from ilana so he basically tells ben that i need someone to be in charge i'm leaving so i need to leave somebody in charge so i thought that wasn't that's an interesting way to describe there's that an role important distinction it seems like there's a guardian of the island but there's right, also Jacob. a leader well, I've always thought that, you know, who is designated leader at any given time is a very important point, you know, a very important part of the rules that we're playing with and mm-hmm. what's going on on this island. Obviously, the leader of any group is important, but in terms of that designation, who gets dubbed to that, I mean, the whole conversation about only the leader gets to see Jacob in his lair and the right. whole... Uh, the loophole loop- thing, yeah. Yeah, from last year. So, I mean, I think that's that's been pretty key, but you're, you're right in terms of pointing out, so it's not a battle between two potential leaders or fighting a leader for the island on both both sides there is a protector there is jacob's role that jacob wants to find a successor for but unlock is looking for a leader and in fact that that fits into all of the theories that we've had as to what the smoke monster slash unlock has been up to even up to manipulating the real lock to become the leader for example so Mm -hmm. yeah I, i definitely like that distinction now um so Ben has received his invitation. He gets freed so he can run off into the jungle and basically ambush Ilana. Uh-huh. And uh, basically, he could shoot Ilana, but he pauses and he basically apologizes. He makes amends. He seeks forgiveness, even though he knows he shouldn't be forgiven. And uh, just, I mean, in terms of emotional scenes, in terms of the true heart of the characters we've loved all this time being laid bare for us to to admire and really connect with that was a fantastic powerful he, scene for yeah Michael he was Everson. amazing i mean just you know he always surprises me with what he can do and in fact that scene really reminded me emotionally of him watching alex die right. it brought it all back we i felt ex- exactly the pain that ben was trying to convey and specifically the sort of frustration that he chose the island over what really mattered he chose the island over the daughter that he loved and that that was really, really a tough choice and how he makes that connection with Ilana, just everything worked perfectly in that scene. I believed every word. Interestingly, though, as he unpacks his life in front of Ilana, he also denounces Jacob. Yeah, he says Jacob didn't care. 
Right. He, I, I made this great sacrifice. Jacob didn't care, um, which, again, I think is another indictment of Jacob and in terms of his basically manipulating everyone's lives and leading them to pain or death for whatever you know end that he's got in mind. So, again, a good case for Jacob not particularly being the good guy versus a bad guy. Oh, I definitely am changing my mind about Jacob. Right. He's, he's not... He's not what he appeared to be, and he certainly seems to have caused a lot more heartache and sadness and death than the man in black. Right, and and interestingly, though, for Ben's character, the moment of redemption comes here on the island as well. I mean, I almost, I, I really felt for him when he said, I'm going to go with Locke because he's the only person who's going to take me. Right. And that, that, that feeling of desperation or worthlessness I, I really felt it. And then Ilana says, I'll take you. So Ben has the choice to go ahead and join Locke, become leader of the others, right? Mm-hmm. Get whatever what it was that he always wanted, or just go with Ilana, whatever that might entail, whatever that might mean. And again, he makes a choice that feels good, feels right, but one that I was almost convinced he wasn't going to make, that he was going to choose the power over the island and join Locke's team. But instead, he goes with Ilana. I thought that was great. And for once, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a scheme. You know, he just walks up back to the beach and and he helps Sun with the tarp and He's happy with that. Right. I mean, it kind of reminded me of an earlier beach scene where he's sitting there very resigned and feeling useless. And he says to Unlock, you know, are you afraid that I'm going to do something? And Unlock says, I don't believe anything. I'm not worried about afraid of anything that you could do, Ben. And he just sort of throws up his uh, arms or, you know, rolls his eyes in, in, in resignation. But here it's a different kind of resignation. It's more, again, he's finding peace. He's happy to just go along with the flow and figure out where things are going to go. So I'm glad that he that finds great. redemption in his flashback. Back, unlike some some other characters who right. have died right in, there. in their flashback. So, so uh, good there, and of course, in terms of heartwarming scenes, a scene that's probably going to be repeated in format many times as we finally wrap up the entire series, which is the slow mo reunification hug. Scene. I hope not. You know, the first few times they do that, it's effective. The, the 700th time they do that, not so much. So coming around the corner on the beach, and somebody notices, and they run up, and there's hugs and all that. Just maybe. Maybe not too many more of those. And certainly not at the very end. Right, right. Well, of course, even that happy scene couldn't be let left to stand as is. It had to be cut off. It had to be plunged into darkness with the final twist, the final scene, basically the reveal that shows us there's something big going down and that it's going to move on from this point. Widmore's coming. Yeah, on dun, a submarine, dun, dun. a submarine here in 2000 and I guess seven mm-hmm. coming to the island. We know he was always looking for the island when we last saw him. He's basically found it. He's found his way there. He is actually on the vessel bringing him there. Mm-hmm. And I thought an interesting, the dialogue was interesting because he says, oh, there's people on the beach. Should we stop? And he says, no, go ahead. What is it that he's going to do that the other guy was concerned about people on the beach? I don't even want to think about it. That's just (laughs) that that blows my mind. It really blows my mind because, you know, I'd sort of forgotten about Woodmore. You know, because of the whole Jacob and Man in Black thing. Widmore doesn't seem to be in the equation anymore. And then he, uh, here he is. Right. Well, and here's another question. Jacob was talking about someone coming to the island, someone that he seemed to want here, someone to help get to the island with the lighthouse. Is it Widmore? Is Jacob interested in bringing Widmore to the I, island? I don't see why. It, it seems to me that 
if Jacob is the protector of the island, that he would not want Widmore anywhere near. <laughs> Especially if whatever he's got planned. I'm like, what What could he not stop because of people? Is it? A, is he going to fire a nuke? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm really, I'm definitely worried. But again, a great thud, a great twist, a great cliffhanger. I mean, they got me hook, line, and sinker. I am at the edge of my seat to know what happens next. This this show is on. We're ready to go. <laughs> I loved it. So um, any little things, uh, Easter eggs and clues or things that really caught your eye about this the episode? The diamonds. Yeah. The yeah. diamonds came back. I was definitely surprised. It, just like, you know, Shannon's inhaler, which was kind of a Comic-Con inside joke, but it's surprising to me and amusing in a good way, the little things that they decide to to, to reach back to, you know, to call back to or to right. reference on the show, you know, five seasons down the line. Um, and, the, and of course, Miles interested in money, but he doesn't need the money because he's got the diamonds. Right. So that was pretty cool. I also like that there was a brief pause um, when they find the Oceanic Airlines water bottle. Which, oh, I didn't even notice that. Right. And, and that was a big clue when they found the canoe back in, I think, season uh, five. five. So, you know, the water bottle kind of becomes significant. Are we going to see the other half of that bizarre scene where they were in a canoe and shooting and chasing? Them? I hope I so. That... I think that might have been what they were hinting at with the water bottle there. I like what the writers did with sort of a repeating snippet of dialogue when Ben first shows up and Ilana says, are you sure Saeed killed him? And he says, well, he was standing over them with a bloody dagger, so I'm pretty sure. And that almost exact same conversation happens later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Between Ben and Miles. When but when when Miles explains seeing Ben killing Jacob, so I, I kind of like that twist. There are a lot of kind of fun lines in this episode. Yeah, um, Frank says to Ben, "You make friends easily, don't you?" I think and, that that's been said to Ben before. In fact, possibly by Frank. Yeah, you know, here you go. Is that how you make friends, or you know, you make friends when when they're in the canoe going to the other island? Yeah. I think he says he said that before. So I definitely like that line. I liked uh, Miles. Miles, of course, is great. And when he finds out that Ilana is upset, he goes, "Uh oh." You know, I th- I just thought that he said that well. He makes a great Greek chorus. You know, he he's kind of he's kind of commenting on what on what he sees. Right, it's a role that they switch between him and uh, Hur- Hurley and sometimes Sire. So good stuff. And I like when he says, uh, "Yeah, fire will fix everything," sarcastically. <laughs> but of course, that's sort of like that whole that that wonderful scene in season five with fire trying to make fire. We can't even we can't even solve our problems because we can't even make fire. And then of course he gets hit by a flaming. That arrow. never stops. Being funny. I, I, I definitely, uh, to me, I, th- I thought that that was a reference to that. Hurley, though, he's no slouch. He doesn't let Miles get away with all the good lines or the fun lines. Yeah, he wakes up and he's mumbling about cheese curds. Right. He's, he's dreaming about food. And I swear, he I think he's done that before. I just can't remember the food product. Yeah, what was the food and what was he dreaming about when he woke up? But, but again, yes, I mean, I, 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 it did sound familiar to me. And I liked how when as soon as Richard Alpert drops the hint that you wouldn't believe me if I told you where I was, Hurley runs down the list of all the fan theories. You Time know? travel, cyborg, vampire. Vampire is my favorite. Yeah, fi- vampire was good. So he, that was hilarious in part because it allows Richard and the writers to shoot them all down and said, no, that's not what we're talking about when Richard comes out of the jungle like that. So I thought that was a great line as well. Um, I got to say, though, probably my favorite line of the episode came out of Ben when he goes digging through Sawyer's tent, or as Frank calls it, the library, and he finds the porn. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, oh, the things people will bring on a trip. And I, that's <laughs> hilarious in many, many ways, but right down to the narrative of Lost, right down to the complaints even fans had, like, why would somebody have a pregnancy test? Yeah. Why were any of these objects on the plane well, way back Kate in season Kate actually one and season addresses two? the pregnancy test right, during right. the scene. But again, the things 
people will take on a trip. I like that. And actually, that scene kind of gave us two more Easter eggs. We like to talk about the books on the show. And if you could bring yourself to look past the B magazine that he was <laughs> holding, um, there were two books in that scene. Yeah, they're actually together, which, you know, to me implies that they belong to somebody and they were in somebody's private, you know, kind of stash. One of them is called The Chosen. It's by Kaim Potok. It's, um, it's a book about two boys. It's kind of a coming of age story about two Jewish boys and there's also um, it looks like a biography of Benjamin Disraeli. Benjamin Disraeli was the first Jewish prime minister of Great Britain. Hmm. Now does that mean anything for us on the show? Is there I don't recall a strong Jewish, you know, undercurrent on the show. Well, or no, I mean, it's it's another mysticism. You know, we've been talking about Egyptian mysticism and and Christian Christianity. It's it's just another ah, kind of, of right, cultural right. reference that they're bringing in. And I kind of like that because you know there there have been concerns since the beginning of Lost when the Bible references first started showing up that maybe this is going to be one Christian narrative that they're sell- telling us. So I think maybe one thing they're doing with this, among with the, with the other things, the Egyptian as you mentioned, is that this island, the stories that we're telling cover all forms, many different forms of spirituality. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, me too. I absolutely like that diversity of thought. Well, before we wrap, I like to talk about the filming locations used in the show. And there were only a couple that really stood out this week. The primary one, the most recognizable one, was Waipahu High School. And that's a high school out here in central Oahu. Now, I mean, maybe our listeners can tell me because I was born and raised here in a high school and a school looks like that. But I always felt that there was something very distinctive about the way our schools look versus what I've seen on television as far as how schools look on the mainland. I've been to schools up and down the East Coast and, you know, none of them really look like that school. Well, part of it is that our schools are outdoors. You come out of the classroom and you're outside. You know, most schools, at least in the movies that I've watched, they're interior because they have to have climate control or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I saw red dirt. I saw our trees. I saw the mountains in the background. And um, most interestingly, they left the, the mural that was the graffiti mural that they have at Waipahu High School, that was very visible in the background of, yeah. of the scene as well. Um, another th- point that we've mentioned earlier when they filmed at Waipahu High School and at our office is that once again, they're walking around in these places of businesses, but the lights are off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't anyone pay their electric bills on that? <laughs> I mean, those cinematographers are very picky about their lighting. The only other location was a house in Kahala that was um, Ben's house that uh, Alex went to go visit him. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, they did shooting you know, externally as well. They filmed outside showing Alex walking up to the house and then having Mm -hmm. the conversation with Ben and then running off. Um, But I think in this episode, they only shot from the inside. You only saw Ben, I mean, Alex in the doorway and that's it. But I think it was back in November when we reported on that particular shoot in the forward cabin. Mm -hmm. So it was good to see it. So those are our thoughts on Dr. Linus, which is the seventh episode of season six. Up next, we'll have a special edition of You All, Everybody, featuring your voices from The Lost Line. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, This is uh, Dale from uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, all I have to say is cheese curds. Curly has the best lines. Uh, this episode was pretty good. Um, I uh, liked uh, how uh, it paralleled uh, the island uh, time and the flash sideways time. Uh, you know, just the little innuendos and everything uh, uh, as far as uh, how the writers, uh, you know, kind of gave us a little foreshadowing and stuff, uh, you know, you know, in the flash sideways uh as to what might happen 
to Ben, uh, you know, on the island. Uh, I think uh, it uh, was just written superbly. And Michael Emerson, man, is he an awesome uh, actor, man. Okay, well, thanks. Great uh, podcast, and take care. Hi, this is uh, Dave in Alabama. Just finished watching uh, tonight's episode, and it just gets better and better. Uh, my favorite line was Miles. Uh oh. Uh, I'm finally glad to see that, that, uh, Ben, there is redemption and good in everyone. And I'm just happy that as much as Ben has put everyone through, that he's finally seen the light and has realized his own weaknesses and, um, has finally come to grips with who he is. But outstanding episode and uh, outstanding podcast and appreciate all your work. Bye. Ryan and Jen, hey, it's David in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, calling uh, about, uh, I guess, kind of more of a recap of the season than anything in particular in the latest episode. Um, thought that's crossed my mind is that basically this season, everything is kind of mirroring season one and how everything's tied in, and this show has always been kind of six degrees of, of separation, kind of-esque. And uh, my thought is that uh, Locke is going to, Locke, I should say off-island Locke, is going to end up being in some type of uh, accident or situation where he's taken into the hospital, and he will end up being looked after and worked on by Jack Shepard, and this is just a kind of a gut feeling I have um, because I think somehow or another they've got to do that, and you know how Jack is. He'll want to fix something, so I'm thinking that's going to be that. The other thing that uh, jumped out at me is that um, in the most recent episode, Saeed kind of going dark side, uh, based on the story that Dogen told about how uh, about his son and all that, and then Saeed being basically promised to get back with Nadia, it seems to me that Saeed basically, it's like a chess game. Jacob has uh, Dogen, and now Smokey has Saeed, and it's one for one, and of course, you know, Dogen's now gone, so uh, I guess you could say that pawn has fallen. Anyway, interested to hear your guys' opinion, and talk to you soon. Bye. Hello, Ryan and Jen. I'm from South Carolina. I was just there a few days ago, and thank you, Ryan and Jen, for turned me on to cost tours that allowed me to get to the site where everything was filmed. Uh, it was surreal having been there two days ago. It was a great episode. There were so many new things. Where can I start? Um, number one, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that Elena is Alex. Um, just based on this particular episode that somehow that's going to connect the two timelines together somehow. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but that's just a theory. Another thing, I think Jen is going to end up being the true candidate. Uh, I think that history is going to repeat itself. He's going to have to save uh, Son from something, and he's going to take over. Um, Still not sure who's good and who's evil, um, but uh, I'll let you relay the things that I 
saw while I was on the island in the filming and won't steal your thunder in the forward cabin next week. But uh, thanks for everything. We had a great time. Anybody who wants to go to Hawaii before the uh, last few episodes are done, just uh, get in touch with Ryan and Jen. They'll help you out. Um, it was a great experience. Wouldn't have traded for anything. Aloha. Mahalo. Until next week. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11, calling in about Dr. Linus. Uh, excellent episode tonight. The acting was just outstanding. This year has just been great for the actors in Lost. They are just rocking and deserve Emmys. I really enjoyed Ben in this episode. I mean, Michael Emerson is a great actor, but this episode was great. I loved um, how he stood up for what was right for Alex, and he even had a good relationship with his dad, uh, which was amazing to see. So it was just an all-around good episode. We learned some Backstory with uh, Richard and not being able to be killed unless someone else kills him. So maybe only if you've been touched by Jacob, only somebody else who's been touched by Jacob can kill you. Um, So just some interesting thoughts. Uh, It certainly sheds light on why uh, Ben couldn't kill Locke. Uh, and some other things. So just some interesting thoughts. Look forward to hearing your all's uh, analysis, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, this is Jeff in Rexburg, Idaho, calling in. Uh, I've got a theory about the flash sideways. I think I've figured it out. Um, I think that Jack and those that are going to follow Jacob are going to have a happy ending, as we've seen in some of the flash sideways. You know, he's reunited with his son at the end of the episode and things are going well for him. Um, And then those that follow Locke are going to be punished. And we're seeing that in the flash sideways also with, like, Saeed and some of those other ones. So I think that's what the flash sideways are all about. And I think that Locke is going to give empty promises to people such as the promise he made to um, Saeed that he'd be able to see Nadia again, but he twists it and makes it so, yeah, he can be with her, but not the way that he wants married to her. So anyway, I think that those that follow, I think Jacob is good and Locke is bad. And that's it. Hey, guys. uh, John from North Carolina. Um, I just want to give a big... Holy freaking crap to Michael Emerson's acting, because he was top-notch this episode. The episodes seemed like, uh, seemed like two different TV shows. Like, I really w- I really wanted to see what happened on the island, but I wanted to see what happened in Flash Sideways, like, for different reasons. Like, it just seemed like a completely different show to me. And it's so cool how, like, he's taking care of his dad, and how they mentioned they've been to the island before, and how him, even though they didn't stay on the island... Him and Bruce, or him and Alex seem to be like, you know, like a father, like he seems like a father figure to her anyway, and really protected of her. That was a really nice touch. Art being in there was just perfect, and uh, Locke being in there was really cool. But the island stuff was where it was at. I mean, I know most of the episode was just him digging his grave, and 
like a whole lot didn't happen, but it still had a lot of nice touches. Um, Miles Miles bringing up Nikki and Paolo was really cool, and uh, you know Locke showing up and everything. Oh, but oh, Richards Richards stuff tonight was great. I love how they went back to the Black Rock and how Jack is totally hell bent on his, you know, thinks he's important type deal. Really like that. Um, I hope Richard gets out of his I want to die Satan and, you know, does something really cool and want to see what he's on the island for. And, um, um, the best moment of the episode for me was when Ben had Alana gunshot and he was just, like, apologizing and talking about Alex and he's like, Locke is the only one that would have me. That almost brought me to tears. It was amazing. And, uh, he won an Emmy last year. He should win an Emmy this year. But, um, good episode. Wasn't as crazy as the last couple, but it was a really, really, really good character episode. More so on the Flash sideways than usual. And, uh, really liked it. And can't wait to hear what y'all think, and I'll talk to y'all later. Aloha, Ryan and Jen. This is Lisa in Oklahoma. Yeah, just had a comment on Dr. Linus just minutes watching it. Wow. Lots of irony seem to be the theme in this one. Definite shift from what we've seen so far. Holy cow. Loved how Ben finally got redemption both on and off. Great storyline for him. But he still had that little twinge that was what we've come to know about him. Great stuff. Actually see a light at the end of the tunnel. And yes, we finally figured out where Richard came from. I'm so happy. Keep up the great work, you guys. Bye. Hello, Ryan and Jen. This is Matt Anderson calling from Minnesota. Just finished watching the episode called Dr. Linus about one hour ago. Uh, still processing its awesomeness. But uh, I think that this episode marks the redemption of Ben Linus. I think that uh, this is the, the time that we saw it, the, the leaf turnover. He's turned over a new leaf, and from here on out for the rest of the story, I think that uh, Ben is going to be a good guy. So even though he's done lots of bad things, uh, this is it. From here on, he's kind of uh, switched over to the good side. We saw some redemption even in, in the sideways uh, reality. So that's what I think. I think from here on out, Ben's good. He'll be with the good guys. And which brings up the question, what side is Woodmore on now? Is he going to be joining up with Ben to fight for right? Or is he going to be joining the dark side with fake lock? Interested to see what you guys think about that. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Matt from Ohio. Um, great episode. My thoughts are Whitmore is there, and he's on the man in black side most definitely. Um, you can kind of tell that from last season when he told Locke he has to get to the island for the war that's going to take place. And because if he doesn't get there, the wrong side will win. And um, it's it's beautiful because now you have Ben on Team Jacob and you have Widmore on Ben and Black's side. You have Sawyer on one side, Jack on the other. It's, um, it's just poetic justice for the series. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Ryan and Jen. This is Michelle in New York. Just finished watching the episode. And I have to say... I'm very impressed because I pretty much swore up and down that they would never, uh, the writers would never successfully redeem Benjamin Linus. 
and they did. Um, I'm I'm really impressed. I might have to eat a couple of hats or crow or whatever you call it. Um, great episode. A lot of the dialogue still occasionally an issue. Um, they're usually better when less is more, like Alana saying, you know, I'll have you or Richard swarming off into the Black Rock saying he's just going to die. Um, personal favorite parts, scene with Jack and uh, and Richard, that was timely. Yes, that was a horrible pun. Thank you so much for your podcast, and I very much look forward to listening to your shortwave transmission. Have a great night. Um, hello, Ryan and Jen. Um, my name is Stella Nana. I'm calling from Spain. I'm a first-time caller, but I've been a long-time listener, and um, I even went to Hawaii in October <laughs> just to see some while filming and meet you guys at the Hawaii International Film Festival. And um, I've never called in before, but uh, being a Ben fan, I just had to call in, and, and um, I, I didn't even know how to explain just how amazing this episode was from... And even unbiased perspective, we got we got everything we could have hoped for. You know, there's mythology. We got a bit of you know some answers. We got some great character interactions. The sideways um, story was, in, in my opinion, the best with that. And if the theme of lost is redemption, Benjamin Linus just became the best character ever because both on island and off island. He has proven that he is, in fact, a good man, and that had the circumstances of his life been different, he would have he would have become a truly a truly great and admirable person. And I loved how they brought Alex and and Roger back. I loved, you know, that I don't that made him a teacher and the whole principal storyline. I think that was awesome. I loved his um, chat with Alana. I thought it was heartfelt. And it's one of those Emmy deserving moments. And I hope Michael Emerson. Um, get the recognition he deserves and just I wanted to put out this question to you um, Flock offers Ben the position of um, protector of the island you know when they meet and he frees him and he tells him you know we will leave and I will leave you behind to protect the island and that just seems a bit contradictory um, given what he told Sawyer about the island of being special and worth protecting so I'm wondering if he lied to Sawyer or if he lied to Ben and he was just planning to use him and maybe use him as a sacrifice that's necessary to leave the island or something else. Um, love the podcast, um, and I'll hope to hear from you guys soon. Bye. I am a first-time caller. This is Papa Maki from Massachusetts right now. And to quote what I hear from everyone else, holy freaking crap. Can't believe it. This was the best episode, as far as I'm concerned, this season. We had Widmore. Ben was finally involved. The Lossies are starting to get back together on the beach. We hear some answers about Richard a little bit. We see Dr. Arts again. I'm just speechless, completely dumbfounded. I was so excited by this episode. And I just want you to know how much I enjoy listening to the transmission, and I'm looking forward to Jen's new show. But this was the best episode, even though it didn't have any answers. Oh, and Widmore, Widmore in the sub. Oh, my God, was that great. I am so excited. I bet you can't tell by my voice. First-time caller, and I'm, I'm just so grateful that I found you guys. Be well. Bye. Hi, Ryan and Jen. This is Richie in Missouri. I just watched Dr. Linus and thought it was a great episode. I know this episode did offer some answers, uh, but per, as per usual with this show, answers often bring more questions, it seems like. 
uh, in the end of the episode, my first thought was that, of course, Widmore is the person coming to the island that Jacob was referring to. And if Jacob wants Widmore uh, to be there, wouldn't that kind of align Widmore with Jacob's side of things? But the more I think about it, I think it might be a good idea to question if Woodmore is, in fact, the person Jacob was talking about. And it could be that the person Jacob was re- was referring to is still coming. A quick observation about Woodmore: His name hasn't been there, or at least hasn't been visible, in the cave or in the lighthouse with the names of all of the candidates. Uh, this episode definitely stoked the fire of any debate about who was actually light and who was dark. Uh, Jacob and Flock have both been so manipulative that making a clear distinction seems to be harder and harder to do, and I realize maybe that's the point. As always, thanks for the great work on your podcast, and I'm really looking forward to the remaining episodes of this last season of Lost. Thanks. Hey, Ryan and Jen. It's Rebecca commenting on Dr. Linus. I loved this episode. It's probably my favorite from this entire season, uh, and it's in keeping with the tradition of Ben episodes being so great. He loved his redemption, both on island and off. I'm so happy for him and, and glad that he's on what's seemingly the right side and that it turned out okay for him. I was really afraid that he was going to die. And I'm thinking, based on the last few seconds of that episode, that Woodmore is definitely on Man in Black's side because it seems to me that he's heading for the hydra station. And he's the one who sent off to the island in the first place. So I think he's an agent for Man in Black and is acting on his side. Looking forward to your podcast, even small one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Terry from Michigan. Just finished watching Dr. Linus. What a great episode. Uh, Ryan, I definitely agree with you as far as the music. It's, you know, I always love the music, but this season it's just, it's been outstanding. Um, I really like the parallels between Ben and Power and Alex. I really liked how they had that going on in the flash sideways and how it was like that on the island. That was great. And I also liked the, at the end when Jack and Hurley and everyone came back to the beach and they had that music playing and Ben was just kind of standing there looking down, kicking kicking the sand. That totally reminded me of the end of uh, season four when they Oceanic Six came back from, you know, came back from the island and met back with their families and Kate was the one just kind of sitting there alone and bummed out. It was, that was great. So, uh Happy to see Ben didn't die tonight. I was kind of worried that would happen. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Mahalo Anui Loa for those calls. We always appreciate all your calls, comments, and emails. Though we're only putting out a shortwave transmission this week, remember the conversation continues about Dr. Linus on our blog at whatyup.com slash lost. We really hope that you're going to stop by and be a part of what I think is one of the best weekly discussion threads you'll find about our favorite show. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled Sunday podcast next week with our recap, a full serving of feedback from the Lost Line, blog, emails, and of course the return of the forward cabin covering the last few hours of Lost being filmed here on the island. That's right. So as before, once you've seen next week's episode, be sure to chime in with your thoughts by commenting on the blog at whatyup.com slash lost, emailing us at lost at whatyup.com or calling the Lost line at 815-310-0808. We love hearing from you all, everybody. And now to close out our show for your listening pleasure, this is the latest new track from the Others Lost Band. They're based in Boston and they record a song each week based on the latest new episode. You can find out more at theothers.thethung 
com, and we'll also have that link for you in the show notes on the blog. This song is inspired by Sundown, that's last week's Saeed-focused episode, and it's titled Better Off Dead. Enjoy, everybody, and talk to you next week. Stay lost. Aloha. Aloha. Flowers for Nadia, where are you, Uncle Saeed? It's any work for no company, she's married to my brother, Omer, not to me. Did you hear my letters? Never wrote one back to me. Your brother's in trouble, didn't get a bank loan. Needs you to confess and leave him alone. Our life savings is gone. So do it for Nadia. Blair says a token, you know who wants to see you. I'm not a fool, he'll kill me, go put her in a whole sight. Put this knife in his chest to look like someone you know. Pay that his friend, shake his back, she's with but still hot. Sigh, he's that John, why'd you go and do that? Don't worry, he won't buy, you can have your knife back, you can have anything you want. So do it for Nadia. And I'd be better off dead, is what Dugan was trying to say. Cause when he gave me the test, the scare tipped in the wrong way. And I've been beaten, tortured, drowned I'm leaving us and down I'm evil, came back from the grave And Ben says that there's still time enough for me Sight as a message from a man in the jungle for you He's leaving Jacob's dead, you're free to leave too You have the sundown to decide if he stays, he's gonna kill you In Osaka, Dogen's son died in a car accident Jacob arrived, he drives a hard bargain He will save his son's life and you can see him again Sight can't wash his hands of the horrible things he's done I don't deserve you, Nadia Then Saeed drops Dogen in the spring Then it says you idiot, you just let it in Saeed says I know, since Lenny This podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.